Ready? Here we go. Different points of view and highs and lows. A new perspective everywhere you go. Open up your mind, drown out the noise, and see if this connected. And see if this connected. What's up, fam? The mission of this connected podcast is to connect generations and situations about faith, life, and whatever comes along the way. To not necessarily agree, but be listened to. These conversations, of course, highlight the perspective of our various guests, and you are always welcome to agree or even disagree. But as always, we hope that it is done in charity. Now, here's your host, Catholic.Dad. Thank you, Tony, again for that introduction. And today, fam, we bring on another pair of guests, another married couple on this series that we are doing on marriage, family, and life ministry. Again, as I said in the previous podcast, we've been doing a lot of podcasts that focuses specifically with youth and young adults, and we've never really, really divulged into podcasting with people who've been married quite a number of years and who've also served in ministry, youth and young adult ministry in the past. And today we have a special treat for you, fam, our listeners, our family out there. We have Dan and Lydia Cray, who um, are going to tell us a little bit about themselves, their ministry, their former ministry. And as I said, if you've ever been in youth ministry, you never really grow out of youth ministry. You just bring that youth ministry into what we call quote-unquote adult ministry. And I think the best ministers out there in other adult minister ministries are former youth ministry participants because they bring out that joy, that vibrancy, that life in those adult ministries. You know, if you've ever been to an adult ministry and it feels like, you know, they're already, they're already almost close smelling like dirt, those people <laughs> were not ever in youth ministry. You know, I'm poking fun at them, but it's true. It's so true. When you see someone who is like so on fire and happy and they're like in ministry, adult ministries, you're like, were you in youth ministry? And they're like, yeah. It's like, let's do an icebreaker. I love that about people. And so, you know, um, fam, I just I I have to say this because our producer always says you need to mention this, fam. If you are listening out there and you'd like to support our podcast, go to our Patreon page and be a patron at Patreon dot or forward slash disconnected. Just look it up. I always screw that up. Or if you have a comment or a concern or a question regarding this episode or previous episodes, send us an email at Catholic dot fifty at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and also follow us and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Okay, so now that we have that out of the way, Lydia, Dan, tell us what is your story? By the way, I love you. You guys look so cute. (laughs) What looks cute? What is that? What's that? Uh, 
What looks cute? What looks you cute? guys look cute. Look at this cute Aww. couple right here. Well, because we were youth, we were involved with youth ministry, you know, <laughs> 50 years ago, you know. That, what? <laughs> anyway, thank you for having us. Appreciate it, Arnell. Um, we're Dan and Lydia Cray. Um, we've been married almost 35 years in November. Yay. Wow. And we, um, we met through youth and young adults. You know, and we were both involved with youth ministry. He and he back when you were 16 years old, me, not until I was a little older, until I was like more like 17 years old. Um, but like I said, that is that is the roots of where we came from. And and only God's providence put us together only, you know, and so that's that's the truth. Right. Wow. Did you two yeah. meet in youth ministry? No, young adult ministry. Young adult ministry. Yeah, and then so while we were dating, we got involved with still being involved with working on youth ministry retreats. So we were, you know, kind of connected all the way through and continue with ministry for, tell them about your history with your ministry that you've been involved with since you were 16. Oh, yeah. Well, I I went on a retreat at 14 um, because this girl was really cute. And I thought there's girls there. And uh, after that, I just started working. It was a core retreat. And then there was core and Kairos and, and yes, Youth Encounter Spirit. And I eventually got into search and did a lot of times with search. And then we got, we made Curcio like well after we were married, like, you know, years after we were married. But we, she was, I was working youth ministry and young adult ministry and I was on parish council and playing in the band. I started playing at church when I was about 18. And I met him. He had a guitar in his hand. So yeah. So she came him. to one of the cool. young adult meetings and she, you know, was cute, but, but it wasn't the whole, she had a lot of energy and I really appreciated that about, about her. And so kind of followed her outside and said, Hey, I hope you come back. And she started coming back and coming to church and, and, uh, you know, eventually we started dating and she helped out with the youth group and, and then, um, yeah, she moved. She was from Anaheim, Anaheim Hills, and I was from the Valley. And she came to the Valley. She was uh, living in the Valley, uh, San Fernando Valley. And um, I was playing at a church in Burbank. And um, that's where she came. She had met somebody when she was doing uh, training in the L.A. Archdiocese for CCD. And the CCD. Long story short, I worked. I was working at the airport. The closest church to the airport was the church that he was playing at. Wow. And I was invited as during my training for CCD. This gal, her name was Liz. She'd say, please, Lydia, come to these great meetings. You'd love it. And I, I just was not interested in going, but she hand wrote me a note that said, please, I really would like love for you to attend. So I felt guilty with this handwritten note to go. So I went and she wasn't there. <laughs> But I, I, and I felt like a stranger because I knew no one. Uh, And so as I was kind of sneaking out the door, he came rushing out to me, to me and said, Hey, why are you leaving? So why are you leaving so soon? And so that was, that was the beginning of our forever, you know? So, so, so was that immediate, like, wow, I'm interested in this person. Uh, Because obviously Dan is like, Hey, I'm, I'm going after this. Um, but you know, was this instant or the, or did you make Dan work? Oh yeah, for sure. But what was so cool is I saw this guy on a Friday night with a guitar in his hand and, 
yeah, on the sitting on the floor and this like a I think it was like a, a retreat, a like house. a parish house type thing. And I just thought that was so cool. This dude is here on a Friday night. There's something cool about him, you know. And um, and so it was just it, that was the beginning. And I always love being involved with ideas and getting involved with events and stuff like that, retreats. And it was just a it was just how we came together. And he played guitar, like I said, all through our marriage, all through up till the last three years because of COVID and we moved. And the long story short is he said way back in the day, if you marry me, you're going to sing. And so our music, our music. So him as a worship leader, I did have a little background singing. So it turns out that for, you know, a good 27 years, I sang with him in our music group and my son played drums and uh, my daughter did projector for the music of the words mm-hmm. at, at church. So we were just like a little music family for many, many years. And then the, begin- the major change happened when we went to the World Meeting of Families in Philadelphia in 2015 when we witnessed over a million and a half Catholics in one area. And with Pope Francis doing the Mass and watching a million and a half Catholics receiving communion. That miracle was pretty amazing. And it was just the beginning of the call of, uh, of the message then was our love is our mission and talking about the family and that our society needs to reflect the Holy family. You know, Jesus could have come into this world anyway, but the vision was for him to come into this family with a mother and a father and a child. And so that's that domestic church. You know, she was part of the roof. Joseph was the other part of the roof. And Jesus was in the middle of that. And so we just felt very passionate and compelled to um, encourage people and evangelize the, the power of, the, of marriage in the family. And, and we've seen so much heartache and so much divorce, including in our families, mm-hmm. you know, and in, in many other families that we just, we felt like the need to, um, we felt inspired to, uh, and the calling to just be marriage evangelists is what I call us, you know, just to, just to preach it, you know, and encourage. And of course, we've gone through our challenges in marriage. It's normal. But that was, like I said, God put it very clear. It's like, this is your path. This is, wow. this is till the end, you know. So, would you say that? Would you agree? Yeah. He, he, um, he is such a good husband. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, my love. Um, I'll take. I'll drink to that. <laughs> it, it, you know, like when we got married, we moved. Um, well, we we stayed in the valley for a, a while, and so I kept playing at church, and and we kept with you know some youth and young adults, and um, and then about a year later, we moved to Corona. So it was kind of like a fresh start, and that was 1988. Mm-hmm. And um, we started, you know, and, and it was Corona was an old church, but they had some music, and and the guy heard us singing um, at mass. The the music director, Mike Humphrey, he heard us singing at mass, and and he came up to a, a, us after mass, and he goes, "You're you're going to sing with us," and we were just like, you know, well, we're really just starting, you know. So we started doing that, and then from there it was like you know different churches wherever we were living, and, and uh, of course ending at St. Mel's, and 
And, uh, you know, doing that, I've always supported, um, is, especially in worship, I've always been interested in, in supporting, you know, the youth and retreats. And so working with, you know, Abraham mm-hmm. and, and uh, for years and, and the youth ministers before him and after him uh, was just, you know, it was a joy. And they're all like, Dan, you got to be here. Dan, you got to do that. And it's like, yes. I just said yes. And yes. And that's what I really understood. I got to understand as I got older was the more I said yes to whatever God wanted, you know, I'm not getting paid for it, you know, but I'm getting paid spiritually for yes. sure. Um the more that I surrendered to him and, and said that and honored what Christ, I, what I've, you know, what, what I was thinking Christ was telling me to do, um, that would help my business. I have an advertising agency since mm-hmm. 1990. So that, that really helped, uh, you know, surrender. God would, would help me and honor that. That's amazing. And, and so when you'd already been in young adult ministry, but were you in youth ministry when you got to St. Mel? That's when you helped in youth ministry. And was that because you had children or because you wanted your children to be involved? Or it's because, you know, you were just driven and called to serve in youth youth ministry? Well, in, in every church, we started at St. Edward's in Corona. And then um, we went to um, St. Matthew's. St. Matthew's. And then, and I've, and, in all those places, we tried to get gatherings together and do, you know, youth ministry stuff. And then we went to Corpus, Corpus Christi, Christi. Mm-hmm. and um, we went to uh, my dog. Then St. Mel's. Me then we landed in St. Mel's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After Corpus Christi, we ended up at St. Mel's and we moved out to Eastvale. So yeah, I've always, you know, been involved in that. And then also in the LA Archdiocese with St. Dorothy's. Um, I've known all the guys there for about, 25 years or so they went uh, one of the guys went on Steve Martinez went on a Curcio and then next thing you know we were playing in all kinds of different churches and, mm-hmm. and in Orange mm-hmm. County and and playing at Curcio's and meeting more people and it, so uh, my guitar has gotten a lot of work which is really, <laughs> and which isn't is really it so rewarding though oh, well, when you're serving uh, it's like oh. yeah it's like um, Father Lewis in, in the low desert once said you know, you come home after one of these events, and every single time it's la fe cansa. It's like la fe cansa. Faith is exhausting, but it's that type of exhausting that you want to go back because it's like, you know, when you sit back and you're like, ah, oh, I am so exhausted, but you're smiling because that's that work was for the Lord. That's la fe cansa. And, um, and so that's what you guys have been doing. That's literally. Yeah, and the way we feel is as much, uh, it's so cute. Um, we were wanting to put on another uh, marriage care workshop that we've done in the past, and we contacted our old pastor, uh, and he said, we asked, you know, do you mind if we put on another workshop? And he's like, absolutely. I love to see that your energy, you guys have so much energy, and I just figure as long as we have the energy, God's going to use us, because one day we won't have this energy, <laughs> you know? And so it's just like, let's just keep on, let's just keep on moving and, and see what God has in store for us. And it's amazing when we met Mario, um, the, uh, Mario uh, Martinez from the diocese, mm-hmm. uh, he, we met him at the world meeting of families and 
it was amazing how he just like immediately connected to us and like, I have things for you guys to do. And he did yes. it just like, it was just a plug in and it's like, Hey, I want you to speak at this church or we want you to speak it over here. And it just, the doors just started opening and we just big, that's God, you know, that's God working. Beautiful. And, uh, and I, I have to say that, you know, prior, just prior to the world being families in 2015, Philadelphia, Lydia said, I want to go to that. And just before that was about the time where she goes, you know what? It's creepy that you're playing in front of these kids all the time. It's just creepy. You're creepy. You're a creepy old guy. And um, she, she wants, she, she, you know, not that the, you know, the DRE or the youth ministers wanted me to quit, but it was kind of time where I'm kind of aging out, you know, I'm getting my late fifties and, and so it was the right time. And so she really pushed um, or, or asked our pastor, hey, can we go to World Meeting of Families? And he said, yeah, you can go, but you need to come back and bring bring a program, bring wow. something. So we yes. came back, you know, we went and got inspired and, you know, of course, with the Holy Spirit. Yes. And then we, we created a marriage care workshop, Family Alive. We had like movie nights and just potlucks and just fellowship and and a um, couple different uh, kind of things that we were doing. We were just trying oh, to, we were women's groups and men's groups. We were just trying to bring the joy that we found and the, and the love and excitement and the zeal of what we experienced to our parish. Just like, you know, the church needs to be alive, you know, and, and we need to feel that love and feel encouraged and feel a church family. And, mm-hmm. and so that was just, like I said, that was sort of uh all coming from that event, those events of uh, the World Meeting Family. And it was just an amazing experience, really, really. Wow. And it kind of catapulted, you know, family ministry. And then, of course, Mario um, Martinez started to uh, develop the office. We split off into its own mm-hmm. office. So we became uh, advisory board members to this day. Mm-hmm. And um, we're kind of integral in the office you know they ask us to do different things marriage prep and and like Lydia said speaking and, and that kind of stuff so we're really under the director he's our guide and you know yes yes sir yes sir. <laughs> you know they're going to be next yes <laughs> they're going to be next in the next episode <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect we that's we perfect. we hook them in and so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, Mario and, and Paula are going to be coming on the show Oh, <clears throat> and um, and, and so you have two children. Yes. Were they both active in youth ministry? So, being that Dan was involved with youth ministry, his goal was to let that um, sort of um, you know somehow penetrate their hearts and be mm-hmm. around. And and so. My son was always playing retreats with Dan as ever since he was little. He's actually played drums with us since he was five years old. Wow. He used to get in trouble from, from not our pet, not the priest, but the, the religious director of religious said, she's like, Oh, he's too distracting up there. But, <laughs> um, but anyway, so we, uh, he was, my son was always, he's 28. He's going to be 29, but he was always around retreats, always around, you know, every Sunday we played as a family and, and, um, very much in, not a stranger to, um, retreats and spirituality. 
Um, but you know, as a young, as a young man, he's still on his journey, but definitely is, um, you know, attends mass. And then our daughter, 22 years old, she just graduated college in Eastern Washington university. And our goal was to, I prayed and prayed (laughs) searching for the right college, you know, to, um, you know, where, where she would grow and where she wouldn't get lost. And my biggest fear would be, which, you know, happens a lot with college students, kids, mm-hmm. is they become atheists. They become the nons, the non-faith, no faith, you know. And I just could, and I had to talk with her. It's like, that's not going to happen to you. I'm just forewarning you. And so when we did the college, um, when we did the college tours and the search was to look for colleges that Newman centers that had a uh, focus, a uh, fellowship of community, uh, focus up, fellowship of Catholic university students and um, that they had a strong community, whatever college she would go to, because she didn't want to go to college in California. Um, <laughs> and she, um, when we went into the chapel in the college tour, we went to the chapel because they had mass uh, in the chapel every Wednesday. We wanted to land there on that day. And we did. And as soon as we walked in, a few young men took their seats aside and gave us their seats. And she looked to me and says, Mom, I feel at home here. And I just had tears of joy. It's like, thank you, God. Thank you. So um, so she embraced that. And she would go to uh, women's Bible studies and retreats in the in neighboring Montana, in, in Montana and Idaho. And and she just had an amazing experience. And her love relationship with the Lord is real. You know, um, my father uh, uh, passed, passed away um, about 21 months ago. And she with her friends drove all the way down from Washington just to be with my dad in his last days and prayed over him. She just, the first thing she did was she got on his, her knees at his hospital in his, um, there was a hospital bed set up in, in his bedroom at home. And she just got on her knees and was just like devout praying. And she just like knew what to do, you know? So it's very, the Lord is very real in her life. She's had some Eucharistic miracles that she's experienced. So God reveals himself very real to her. So grateful for that. That's yeah. such, that is, you know, I have to say that that is such a beautiful testimony because, you know, as, as the young people are graduating from high school, that is the valid concern of every single parent who comes to me and says, I'm worried because so-and-so went to college and they came back and they no longer believe. Mm. So-and-so is now educated, but they no longer have a God. Um, and they're afraid to send their children to university. Uh, and they're saying, I don't know who will come back. Um, and so that is a valid concern, valid fear that mothers and fathers have to this day. We need to speak on that. Um, and you did exactly what I did. Go find the nearest Newman Center, focus missionaries, make appointments for them, and really great youth ministries out there have really great youth ministers who ask their teens, what college are you going to? And then gives them the phone number for those Newman Centers if they don't call them themselves and make the appointment for them. Um, yeah. You know, go the, going the extra mile, being the metiche um, <laughs> Um, youth ministers says, "Hey, I call them. The person's name is this, and um, they're expecting you." 
and and that's that's great and the and what really is cool is i encourage parents whose kids are going away to college or they're uh that's coming up is to go on youtube and search the colleges that they're considering to see if they have a strong newman center and there's videos that'll show yeah the act you know that they're active and and the what they get involved with they alicia's um uh, college, it's called uh, Eastern Eastern Washington University in uh, Cheney, Washington, which is Eastern Washington, next to borderline Idaho border there, is okay. she, um, she uh, lost my train of thought. Oh, they have, acti- I mean, like they have barbecues after mass every, every Wednesday, Thursday. They have Bible studies for the guys, uh, retreats for just girls, and just healthy, yeah. good. The um, faith is alive. <laughs> And, and good and good environment and just great environment. And she was always turned off. I'm glad about the the Greek life, you know, to get involved with fraternity mm-hmm. sorority. Not the best idea. She goes, I consider that buying friends, mom. I would never <laughs> want to. <be." laughs> so um, she just her, the focus missionaries that were at her school were very good influences, amazing. And she even considered possibly uh, trying to apply to be a focus missionary at one point point but um anyway i thought and she fell in love with this young man who she met through newman center so i mean and it's so beautiful they go to mass every week and it's just it's just um it's what i prayed for you know and and i thank god that he guided us there to that um you know uh, regular university i mean it's not a, a catholic university and um very beautiful experience you know for, for that to, I encourage parents to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's beautiful. Now, moving from youth ministry, moving from your children, we go on to your marriage, family, and life ministry. Tell our listeners, what's that about? What is that about? Yeah, yeah. what is marriage, family, life ministry? Marriage. Well, first of all, the family is hurting in this, in this day and age. The family is hurting, they're suffering, they have a lot of needs, they're going through many, many issues, whether it be depression, anxiety, COVID, drugs, alcohol, um, living a life of, you know, uh, not finding spirituality is an important thing. And like I said, it's just burned in our hearts to want to encourage and guide when people approach us and they say, oh, you're marriage counselors. No, we're not marriage counselors, <laughs> but we're, we're marriage facilitators. And we like to guide, we love to guide the pre-marriage couples. So they have some, some tools to work with because unfortunately the truth is marriage is hard and a challenge. So they need mm-hmm. to have some tools to get through those challenging times, those difficult times. And it talks about it in the scriptures uh, in first Corinthians about we, you will, have troubles, you know, and so we're just about encouraging because, like I said, we've had our troubles, you know. At, yeah. at a period of time. I, I yeah. remember my mom saying one time when they had issues with their marriage, and we were a lot of us were pretty grown except for me, and she was telling me her story of everyone telling her just to leave, and my mother said these words mm-hmm. I entered into this marriage. And I will fight for it. And she said, I will fight for it because he's making wrong choices. And I'm here to correct 
them with him, and I love him. And these bad parts of these times doesn't erase all the good times that we've had. We just need to build more good times. And I think a lot of times our young people in, in general, people in general who enter into marriage, enter it into it with this Disney aspect of they lived happily ever after. And it's all about pleasure and, and everything. And then they come into a, um, a speed bump and it's over, you know, time to go find another one. And they enter into the second phase and it doesn't work either because it's all about pleasing me instead of, you know, entering into that sacrifice of love. Totally. And we like to talk to couples about that marriage in life. It's it. You go through the four seasons of marriage. Have you heard of those? Mm -hmm. Go tell us. Tell us, Lydia. Spring. Spring is it's new and fresh and exciting and lovely, right? Love is new. And then you move into the season of summer. Summer, when you are raising children, and it's like you're together. It's lovely. And it's still love and happiness because you're under the same roof. Yeah, you have your, you know, exhausting points. But it's love and summer and beautiful and fresh. You're all together. And then you go through the season. These are the tougher seasons. The third season is fall. Fall is you are soon becoming, uh, beginning to see the feelings of being an empty nester where, you know, you're no longer spending all your energy on your children. And then it's the last season of your life is a season of winter. And if you haven't gathered along the, the other seasons of spring, summer, and fall, then you won't make it through the longest season of your life, the last season, which is winter. And so that's why it's critical, critical super critical to go to mass together. Mm-hmm. That is so important. And people say, Oh, it's okay that I go this time. And well, I'm going to go with this time. Okay. I like it. It's like, this is the additional glue that you are experiencing hearing the scriptures together, receiving Holy Eucharist together. It's like that. It's like God taking a needle and thread and just making you just a little bit more, united yeah. and tighter and and it's like that's that's a critical component to get through the winter that's my yeah, yeah and i've seen i mean being a worship leader it was it was a privilege and a responsibility so a responsibility to bring people to a place where they can meet christ during a song and it's not about me or anything it's about christ working through that song but being up there watching people come up to communion was powerful and I got to see I got to see a man coming up who was dying of cancer, and you know his wife was behind him crying. You know I knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. I knew another family that they've just lost their house and they were worried about where they were going to go and what was going to happen. And then I, I saw a lady who came. She was a single mom, and she cried all during mass. And I'm like, what's the matter? Am I bad? Am I that bad? And I bet it was my guitar attitude. And she, she said um, that it was the first time she came to that church and she was crying because she felt welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see the joy. And, and, and I noticed that in our society, there's no celebration of people who are getting married. You know, you go to a wedding and they have the dance for hey, five years and older, you know, leave the, or you're, 
you know, 20 years, you know, stay standing, you know, (laughs) you know, so there's that, but there's not in, in our society, we're not celebrated. It's not celebrated in the media and it's, 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 it's hard and, and we're being attacked and, you know, legislatively we're being attacked, but, but seeing that we, we just, we knew that it was a natural progression to be the youth, which is the future the present and future of the church but also to be where, where we saw those families where the parents just open the door for the child to come to confirmation class, just kick them out, <clears throat> you know, and then they speed off and come back after, you know, with their jack in a box at eight 30 and the parents weren't engaged with the children. So now I'm seeing the church where um, it's a family thing to go through First Communion, and it should be a family thing to go through Confirmation. And, um, you know, seeing the church turning towards that, you know, becoming a stronger domestic church and being intentional yes. about ministry, of course. Um, that, that's where we feel like we're called to use whatever we have to, to celebrate this and, and to, to make families one thing I did see was that, especially in the English-speaking community, is the lack of participation, yes. you know, and, and that's, it's a complaint. I have a hard time with it, you know, and, but seeing in the Hispanic community where a marriage ministry is strong because that's what we do, but not in the English-speaking community. It's a lot less like pulling teeth, you know, to, to get them to say, hey, we want a stronger faith as a family. So that's been our mission yeah, you know, really, that is a really great observation. We experienced that in our own parish, where yeah. our pastor asked for volunteers, and no one came, mm-hmm. no one wow. would come. Um, but there is not um, a lack of complaints of why isn't there any ministries for the English community? Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. kind of laugh at that. This is the only English community, the only ministry for the English community is youth ministry. Yes. And there's nothing else past that. And you see the, the, the Spanish ministries just overflowing and the Holy Spirit just flowing. And I don't know it's because it's that first generation immigrant um, family togetherness. And as we become Americanized, quote unquote Americanized, we become separated and, and into ourselves. But um, I love the fact that you've transitioned and, you know, we went to this this um, thing where, you know, you're not building another silo, but you're actually including the entire family of God into the church of God and saying, this is marriage, family, life, ministry. It's another silo. We're just leaving this silo of youth ministry and moving on to a different silo. You're actually doing the example of how we're supposed to, which is encompassing everyone in the church, right? Yes, mm-hmm. amen. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I think God puts, honestly, if we listen, I think God guides our hearts to want to serve somewhere else. You know, whether it's, like I said, it was youth at the time and worship music for 30 plus years. But it's like, and Dan would always worry. It's like, well, who's going to do it then? If I'm not there. It's like, God's got to cover. Don't mm-hmm. worry. Someone else will fill that spot. And sure enough, that happened. And now we move over here and God wants us right. Oh, we are right now. Yeah. So. You know, we become, 
you know, I, I'm there with dad. And you become so vested in, in the safety and security of our young people that you don't want to move. Because yeah. what if? You know, you yeah. live in the what if. And, <laughs> and, and it's almost like, you know, it's, it's almost like what someone told me one time. Arnell, if you would just get out of the way. Yes. Get out yeah. of the way. Someone <laughs> will step in. If you get out of the way, someone will step in. But it's yeah. hard. <laughs> I, yeah, it was really hard for me. I was 58. I started when I was 18, you know, to lead music ministry. And that was that was probably the hardest because I used to as we're kneeling during the um, Eucharistic prayer, I would stand up, you know, like because mm-hmm. I'm used to standing up and playing the Eucharistic prayer. So, <laughs> so I, you know, it's like, oh, boy, you know, the memorial acclamation. So but we we really felt like. Um, and, and I had to get off my horse, you know, like that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it better than anybody or, or um, I'm not comfortable with how I'm leaving it. I feel like I'm just bailing out. I'll come back twice a month, you know, you know, from 60 miles away or whatever. But I, I had to just, just decide that, um, that God wanted me somewhere else. So it took a lot of prayer and, and, and a lot of heartache. And it took, and it took a lot of prompting from me where I said, there was, you know, through the, through the decades of uh, doing, uh, Dan being a worship leader, I remember us, I was back in the cry room with my little Alicia and my son was with me and people thought I was like divorced or, you know, single mom because they never, they just never saw a dad around. Dan was always Mm -hmm. up there by the altar. And so I just knew that there was just going to come a time that we need to be together. We need to wow. be going to mass together. We not just with Dan with a guitar in his hand and me making sure the next song, the worship song we were going to sing, we did that for decades. It's like, now we need to do this together. Now we need to pray together and hear the, hear the word together without distractions, without him worried about the next song to be sung. That was too many distractions. It's like that was served for 25 plus years. That was, that was that chapter. And so I'm grateful to God that he warmed up to the idea and he was like, yeah, okay, you're right. I'm stubborn, (laughs) stubborn guy. We're set in our ways. And you know what? In, in, in the pastoral framework for marriage and family life ministry, it said that, called to the joy of love that's a document was developed by the committee on laity marriage family and life and youth of the united states and approved and that's what we use that's literally what you talked about you're called to the joy of love and witnessing it to other people and i always help older people like us you know who don't want to help in youth ministry because you know it's like i'm old no no and they're married. I said, what a great witness you are to these young people. Because young people always say, you know what? That's so cute. It's like they hold hands. You know, uh-huh. it's like, like, aren't you supposed to hold hands? That's like, and they see like these older parishioners in their 80s, in their 70s, in their late 80s. And they're, they're just trudging along, but they're holding each other and they sit. And you see that the faces of young people just turn. I'm like, I'm like, what are you looking at? It's like, they're so cute. Yes. They're so cute. You know, that's something that young people are cherishing. 
but those older people aren't telling them the secrets. Mm. And that goes to what you two are doing. You're sharing the secrets of this fruitful marriage that you've had. And so I want you guys to talk to us about and tell us about this thing. You wrote a book. And it says 25 things you need to talk about before you get married. Because I was I was at an event yesterday and here's this 22-year-old and this this 20-year-old and they're like, "I've asked her several times, she keeps saying no." I'm like, "You guys look like babies though." <laughs> and uh, you know it, it's kind of like when we were at that age you know like you know we were just playing house you know and 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 i think they would benefit from reading this so what first of all what inspired you to write this and tell us what is it about uh, when it, it 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 i just it was just it was there. It was like had to. It had to come together. Just there was just too much of us being involved with seeing um, from from current marriage prep, which is just I believe is quite dry for the most part. It needs to continue being revamped. <clears throat> just talking reality about everyone has a Pinterest picture of marriage, and then when it and then when it you know gets tough, you know a little a few years later. Time goes by and they want to throw in the towel. And, and I had an amazing, I had an amazing parents who were amazing examples of even through the difficult times, you know, and you aren't best friends for a period of time and you aren't crazy in love for a period of time. And there's periods of time where you really don't like each other, but I think they need to hear that. So that way they think instead of, forget it it's not getting any better let's call let's cash it in and call it quits it's like no there will be times where you feel like you have to climb mount everest and it looks impossible but with god's holy amazing grace they all need to know that god is so big god is so big and once they maybe come to know that and experience that then they'll have more faith and go, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe they're right, you know? And because, yeah, through the journey, I consider marriage, like I said, in in now almost 35 years, um, I I see it like the amazing race. You know that show? I love that amazing race. The amazing race. You go, you know, you're a couple and you have to go places you've never been before. You don't know the language. You are hot and tired and, Maybe you have to go to the bathroom and you're just in just a not good place. And yet you're in a race to try to get to the next place and you don't know the language. You don't know anything or how you're going to get there. It's like there's times it's like you got to figure it out. And it seems impossible. I'm sure some of those contestants feel like this is absolutely impossible. But it's like you just keep going. You just keep going. And I love the words my dad. My dad passed away 21 months ago amazing role model and he'd say you know the the words of winston churchill which is never ever ever quit Mm -hmm. never give up never give up never ever so that that just when we were going through our tough chapter it's like we just gotta push through this we can do this you know god's grace i love your analogy of the amazing race because because sometimes there's an event in your life that one of you has to go through it and one of you is more powerful to be able to accomplish that task. Yeah. 
And then there are other events where both of you have to work together. But the most amazing thing about the amazing race is you are not finished until both of you are on the finish line. I love that analogy because if one of you makes it, guess what? You still lose. Both of you have to finish. Yeah, together. 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 And and when you watch that, you always see like they're both holding hands and then jump on the finish line. It's like, we made it. Yes. I think that's one of the things that um, when we we were considering this, we were seeing a number of couples that, you know, like we went, our kids went to a Catholic school and the couples that we knew there, the parents were splitting up and we we saw people even in our own choir you know, splitting yeah. up and, and the pain I was, you know, like feeling for these people and, and talking to them, we really came across like, well, what, what is it? You know, what is it? What are the, what's the pain? Point? Yeah. What's the, what's the problem? So those 25 things are a lot of things that, you know, maybe one of them was instrumental in breaking them up. And I look at marriage, I, a friend of mine got his doctorate in psychology um, from high school friend of mine and and i said what's the most important thing about marriage and he said one word commitment and i go well uh, you know so what about communication or what about you know finances or what about this and that why do people get divorced he goes commitment is this umbrella and under if if you're not committed like lydia said like her dad said used to say never give up and I, you know, I will not quit. Um, everything falls underneath there. Infidelity, you know, is a symptom of being non-committed. And, you know, your lack of communication or lack of trying is, is your symptom of not being non-committed. And so we have a lot of questions in there, like you kind of thinking ahead for anybody who's going to get married or they're, they're newly married. It's like, you know, in looking at the different pre-marriage, uh, you know, prep programs or the pre-marriage um, programs like Focus, the Focus Inventory and the Better for Forever for Better, for Better Forever. Um, both of them talk about a lot of things and they're very long and we do five sessions, you know, four or five sessions, you know, hour to two hours each, you know, with couples as they're getting ready going through those programs. We were kind of trying to condense it into those hard-hitting questions that, you know, that, that they might not be talking about in yeah. their first year of marriage or second yeah. year of marriage. It might come up in the fifth marriage year of marriage yeah. or the tenth year of marriage. And the truth is, there is challenges in di- different chapters of, of married life. Is they say you have challenges in the first ten years and in the, around the twentieth, in the nineteen twenty years, and then the twenty-five-ish years. And then there's another one in the 40th, 40 years, which we haven't crossed yet, but, but we know to be thinking of that, you know, it's not like we think we're just going to cruise. It's like, we have to be aware and take care of it. And that's why we came up with marriage care for life. It's like, we have to take care of it or, or that beautiful garden that you're planting. Those, those flowers are going to just wither away and die, but we got to water it, nourish it, you know, like our faith, we have to nourish it and, and be very invested in prayer life and that kind of thing. And, and the, the 25 things is really a workbook. It's not like we're, we're not writing prose and not writing. We, we have questions and we support the questions with 
kind of more questions. You know, like this is what we're talking about. This is what we're asking. And it's more of a facilitation. You know, mm-hmm. we want to facilitate that conversation because if they have that conversation year one or six months before they get married or, you know, a month before they get married, they have those conversations they're not going to forget those things. Well, wait a minute. Before we got married, you said you were yeah. like, you know, and the truth is we've heard this a lot is that she's a different person. She, I've married five different people. She was five years after we were married. She was a little different person. 10 years after we were married, a little different person. Five as, years after that. As you mature and grow, we're she's, different a, she's a different people. We both change yeah. and grow. And, and the whole idea of that, that book is to continue. continue continue to fall in love with that different person yeah. who is the same person that god gifted you with and i love this book because it has his and her notes his views and her views and the thing i like about this man i should have had this because <laughs> because you know when when you pull out you said five years from now you can pull this out and read what you wrote right yeah and then rewrite for the next five years and read what you wrote Yes. <laughs> and it's yeah. like you know i'm a little afraid of what my wife would say you said this <laughs> five you years promised. ago <laughs> you promised you and, promised. and in each question after each question we give we say now think about it now talk about it now write it down so that way you start processing and thinking about it because you know, little do we think about some things in there that you go, wow, never really thought about. It. You got to process it and 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 hear what what your partner has to say because we we can't read minds, so we need to hear what's going on and and share. And right. for for instance, um, when when we were finishing up the book, you know, I had a lot of ideas, and I got to take this long drive with my daughter across from the west coast of uh, Washington State to the east coast, back to Cheney. Spokane. And um, I asked her, we, you know, if she was, if she was, uh, I was just, I would go over the questions while she was driving and ask her, Hey, how do I see this? And this is to a 20, 21 year old <laughs> to a 21 year old. It, does this make sense? And she's like, Oh dad, I, I can't stand that question. I don't even understand what you're talking about. Okay. What would I do? So she helped us edit it. To, to be somebody who, you know, is younger and, uh, you know, eventually is going to get married. So it's like that that really helped a lot to get her perspective of it. And she's also helped us with a lot of talks that we've given on marriage, you know, because she's, she's called out, like, tell those parents to make sure that they do some sacrifice for those kids when they're on the retreat, you know, <laughs> tell them to to light a candle and tell them to do a rosary, to get on their knees and pray for that child and, you know, tell them to get involved. I mean, like that was really good advice. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, especially to parents of, you know, youth, you know, uh, you know, kids in the youth. Mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's wonderful. And, and the things that you guys have just said, people are listening because even people who I've, I've walked with who've gone through their pre-cana and you ask them, so how was your pre-cana? They're like, eh, it was really uneventful. It was like, uh, it was like a process that we had to go through, but we didn't really learn much that we didn't. It was almost like they were saying we had to self-process, you know, Mm -hmm. especially, 
especially for those young people who have been living out the faith, and now they're taking this step to the sacrament of marriage, and then it's a wah wah wah. And it's like, was that it? I was like, you know, they're they're thinking, oh, we're gonna get all these these ideas. Someone's gonna give us really great tools, you know, to put in our toolbox to lead us to success for this venture, this journey that we're going to enter. And then they're left with a couple of tests, a couple of um, readings that they should do, five meetings, uh, and they're like. Uh, it, you know, after the second one, we were like, do we really have to go? But if we want to get married in the church, we have to finish. And, you know, that 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 hurt me. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this series is let's hear from those adults, those people who are married and now living it out in ministry, the pitfalls, the joys, the fears. And why are they still together? 40 years, 35 years, 25 years, 15 years. Yeah. You know, why are you still together? Um, because that is a great witness. Because they'll look at that. They'll listen to this. They'll look at the book. They'll complete it. Even after you've done your pre-cana, if, you if your pre-cana sucked, <laughs> I, I would almost advise you, do it again. Just do it again. You know, it's okay. It's kind of like RCIA. If you're confirmed, if you've met your sacraments and you're like, you know what? Something's lacking. Go through your RCIA again. It's okay. So yeah. if your pre-cana sucked, go through it again <laughs> and see yeah. and get some yeah, more we, tools. We, we love the fact that we're asking those hard questions, you know, like intentional discipleship. We've, as Catholics, we've been afraid to ask those hard, uh, hard questions. And non-denoms, they're always asking a hard. Right. How is your relationship with God? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, as Catholics, we should be asking those hard. Questions. And and you know, we we another person, uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with Bishop Barron. Yeah, he's another one that just inspired us to. He always talks about beige Catholicism or watered down. Catholicism. And it's like, it's, he's right. It's like that area where a lot of Catholics fall into truth be told of this lukewarmness, you know, mm -hmm. and, but we do, our love for Jesus has to be very real, very deep, very, oh, we have to be very mindful and intentional knowing that Jesus is alive in this love relationship that we have. Yes. Because when Dan can't forgive me, he goes to Jesus to ask for his help to forgive me. Yes. If I can't forgive Dan, I have to go to the divine and ask the Holy Spirit <clears throat> to help me to forgive to so we can be woven in and, and realize that we are a living sacrament. You know, the life that we live, this is divine, but we have to take the time to be aware. You know, it is all divine. And I love that the church is going through the uh, period of, the Eucharistic revival with the, you know, the, the U.S. bishops wanting to promote that for the next three years. It's like that, too, will truly revitalize and strengthen what seems like maybe a little bit wonky of a marriage or a, just an okay marriage. But it could be a, a, a very alive 
in a spirit marriage and maybe make it easier for me to forgive Dan and Dan for, to forgive me. And we used to have problems long ago when he would be mad at me and it would be a week or two before he would talk to me. This was years ago. And then we've come to this beautiful place in the, in the maturity of our marriage is like, we can squabble for 20 minutes and then we go, so what are we going to have for dinner, sweetheart? You know, <laughs> we got over it quickly because it's just so, life is so short, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it says in the scriptures, life is but a vapor, you know, mm-hmm. so let's make this great and let's live our life with purpose. And, and that's how we feel, you know, let's see what God wants to do with us. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you two are a beautiful example of the living testament of the Holy Spirit that flows through you, bearing fruit. And thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you know, Fam, you need to check this out. 25 things you need to talk about. 25 things you need to talk about before you get married. Let me repeat that. 25 things you need to talk about before you get married by Dan and Lydia Cray. Where is this available? Okay, you can go to our website. We just barely um, are putting that up, uh, but our website is marriagecareforlife.com. And you could download an ebook there, a file. and Well, you're going to be able to. <laughs> Maybe next week. Yeah, give us give us a few more days. We're right at the edge. Yeah, but it's just so needed. It's just so encouragement needs to be there for people, young people. Yes. Marriagecareforlife.com. Yes. So check that out, fam. Marriagecareforlife.com. It's going to be in the details of the podcast. We're going to put a link to it. Um, maybe, you know what? I'm so inspired by this. We're going to put it in our bio to our, to our Instagram account so that people can go in there, click on the link and find this because marriage is so important. I love the fact that marriage is a sacrament that the priest is a witness to and you, the man and the woman, give that sacrament to each other. The only one. The priest in Persona Christi is that witness to that contractual covenant of a man and a woman. I think that is why the devil attacks the family through marriage. Because when you attack marriage, the entire family collapses. When you have no roof, everything inside the house is destroyed, collapses. There's a proverb, there's a little story, a Filipino story. My mom used to tell us that the house is filled with children. The walls, the floor, everything is the mother. That roof that provides that protection is the father. Neither one can survive without the other. And the family will not survive without a home. So that's what we provide. And that's from a woman who only had an eighth grade education. And my father, who only had a sixth grade education, who instilled the virtue of love to their children. And I think that is what is completely needed in our society, is to see people who witness like you, you two, Dan and Lydia, to the many young people that you've touched and you will continue to touch. And we have to rem- 
we have to say again, we are so not perfect. We so yes. have our challenges. Yes. Our whole our la- our whole family is not perfect. That's the this is just the challenge of this life. But but our love for God is so real, and our kids know that, and our and we know that, and and so we just have to continue to preach it because there's not enough people preaching that message. You know. Amen. So. Dan Lydia, last words. You have any last words for us? Uh, just one. One thing, uh, Father Emmanuel, um, can't pronounce his last name, but he was at St. Mel's and now he's teaching at the seminary in San Bernardino Diocese. We were playing a wedding and he and said, and we've, and we've got we to witness through music, we've gotten to witness the most, some of the most beautiful things marriage, singing at weddings, and singing at funerals. So we've kind of seen a lot. And what we've gathered, the most beautiful words we've ever heard about marriage, Father Emmanuel said. Marriage is about two givers and two forgivers. Oh, two givers and two forgivers. If we can nail that, you got yes. it covered. <laughs> Put it on a shirt and sell it. Uh, givers <laughs> and two forgivers. Wow. Yes. Put it on the front and in the back of the shirt and sell it. <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> great. Two That's givers true. and forgivers. Two wow. givers. And forgivers. Two forgivers. Wow. Yeah. So thank you, Lydia. Thank you, Dan, for coming on the show. Fam, that's all we have for this episode of This Connected on this Marriage, Family, and Life series. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or if you want any information regarding Lydia or Dan, send me an email at catholic.dad50 at gmail.com. And on that note, we'll always be praying for you. Please pray for us. And as always, live a life of holiness. Be blessed and be third. See you next week. Different points of view and highs and lows. A new perspective everywhere you go. Open up your mind, drown out the noise, and see if this connected. And see if this connected. This Connected Podcast is brought to you by The Cabin. Want to get away and get some peace and quiet and rest? Yes, rest, but not too far away from home or the city? Want to experience a true log cabin feel in the mountains? Well, I have the recommendation for you. The Cabin is a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath that will do just that. With a beautiful wood fireplace lit and a glass of wine, you are sure to relax. With easy access from the main highway, private parking, easy access with stairs to the entrance, fast Wi-Fi, a full-size kitchen, and all the essential amenities will make your stay a memorable experience. This cozy log cabin was built in the early 60s with its original wood fireplace and a newly transformed deck with beautiful views of the San Bernardino Mountains. So, book your stay at the cabin in Running Springs, California. The cabin located in the San Bernardino Mountains, is a beautiful place to see the beauty of God's creation. I have known the proprietor of the cabin for many years. She has always supported the youth and young adult ministries of her community, 
as well as this podcast. Check out The Cabin on Instagram at thecabin2021. Again, that's at thecabin2021. T-H-E-C-A-B-I-N 2021.